Welcome to this edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. I'm Sean Newell. That's Dennis Brzezinski over there. How you doing, D? Hello, Bungo. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm I'm excited uh, as we keep uh, upping our technology. I've got my phone plugged into the board this week and playing stuff from the from the phone, so it just makes everything so much better. I love figuring this shit out as yeah. we go. <laughs> it's kind of especially it's kind of fun. after last week's episode. Yeah, last week's episode was my favorite episode that we've done. It, it, it was awesome. It's been quite a week um, around the country, a lot going on. So I'm really looking forward to uh, getting away for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and talking about things that don't need, mean near as much as what's going on in real life right now. That's a perfect way to put it, Sean. Like, this is the one thing I look forward to the most uh, as of now every week, you know, like, like just getting away from it and bullshitting with a friend. Yeah, it's 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 good to uh, to get away and just uh, not have to worry about it for uh, for just a little bit. And uh, we've we've taken to start taping on the weekend before. So think back to what last week was like. And that's what we're we're actually referring to with, um, you know, a lot of a lot of politics, a lot of uh, issues going on in the social world, just a, just a lot of stuff going on in the in the country as a whole. And now we're just going to take your mind off of it for 45 minutes to an hour as well. And I think we've got a really there's no real theme this week necessarily unless you found one but i think we've got a really cool playlist nonetheless this week oh completely agree i i I did not find a theme i mean there's some you know loose connections between the songs but uh, it all revolves around insecurity and, and immortality and and or mortality i'm sorry uh but uh yeah no um it's just a great if you put this on driving around in the country you would have a good time. Yeah, I agree. Ab- absolutely. It's uh and and the first song if we can just go ahead and and get into the playlist really quick. The first song is is one to just kind of uh, you know, kick you in the face and get things started off right with uh with Metallica joining the the good tape this week with For Whom the Bell Tolls. I had no idea that the opening of this song was Cliff Burton's bass. I always just assumed it was Kirk Hammett on guitar. But it's it's the bass. That's that awesome. Opening, yeah, it, and and watching him do it, I watched uh, a few clips today. Watching him do, it were just I didn't realize the bass could make that sound. It, I didn't either. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't either. I just always assumed it was Kirk Hammett's guitar, but it was, it was so great. Like watching him do it, you know, the little slap on, on the bass, like oh shit, it was so good. This song, um, very powerful song, certainly, certainly about death, um, for whom the bell tolls, uh, that kind of says it all, but inspired by Ernest Hemingway's 1940 novel of the same name about the process of death in modern warfare and the bloody Spanish civil war. So, um, you know, I, I thought that was, uh, that was striking. I mean, I think most people could, uh, could understand that it was certainly about death, but not necessarily about a specific era such as, such as it is. And when you, when you read the lyrics to it, it, it certainly makes a lot of sense. And, and going back to uh, one that 
you know, was our first Metallica song that we played for Homer. And and again, the same reason we added this Metallica song is because you you uh, we have a Garth Brooks song coming up. Uh, you know, so so this is the uh, the eighth song for our playlist on for for you know Instagram and, and Facebook and everybody. Uh, but it's it's yeah, it has a lot lot to do with war and death and and regret and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Good song. I I uh, also like the version that they had on the S and M album in the late '90s, early 2000s. I can't remember exactly when it came out. That they played with the San Francisco Orchestra. It sounds really really cool with the orchestra. And we're recording this on Saturday, the 29th. And what came out yesterday, and then I have sitting at home waiting for me, is uh, S and M two. They did another uh, one with the orchestra. Same same orchestra or yeah, different? I I, I I think it's a different orchestra, oh. but it's uh, it, it's unbelievable. The version of this song, you'll have to look that up, Sean. Is it on? I wonder if they've got it, you know, so you can listen to it streaming or not. Hmm. I'm oh, looking, absolutely. I'm looking yes, that up right yes, now. Yes, I have it streaming. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, look that I, up. I, I knew that there was, oh, there it is. It's the first thing that popped up. So I'm, I'm curious. Is it to San see Francisco this. Symphony Orchestra again? It does, I, it does I, I say it, it, it says it says when Metallica joined forces with the San Francisco Symphony for 1999's S and M. So that yeah. answers that question. And then it says to celebrate the album's 20th anniversary, the two out, outfits reunited to open up San Francisco's newly completed Chase Center Arena that's with a two night event in September of last year. So um, yeah, the, that's pretty the cool. Warriors new arena. Yeah. I wonder if I can find on here if they d- they did do it. Let's see. Let's yes, see what it did. sounds it's like for amazing. just. Let's see what it sounds like for just a second. Here, let me turn this up. Hold on. Before we I had no idea that intro was was bass. No, it's so cool. Yeah. And I've watched that thing all the time. Like like this was never one of those Metallica songs that was super high up. Like, I love it, but it was never super high up on my radar with them. I better not play too much of it, just for the fact that we don't want to get in trouble. But, uh, but yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that that whole intro is bass, I, and bass with a wah pedal, like, I never realized that. And, and how fucking great Cliff Burton was at bass. Yeah. You know, at playing bass, uh, you know, because it goes quickly right into Kirk and, 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 and Kurt you know, are doing that song, uh, Kirk and James, I'm sorry, uh, doing this song, but yeah, it's so fucking good. So question, since you sounds like you've listened to a little bit more of this album than the two seconds that I just listened to right there. Does it sound a lot like the one from 20 years ago? Is it, sim- I, it I mean, does it, it pretty similar? It, it's, it's similar. I mean, it's, it's similar to it, it, to an extent, you know, like they obviously changed some of the arrangements, and uh, it's it's absolutely worth listening to. Yeah, cool. And I can't, yeah, and I cannot wait to get home and listen to it on the vinyl. Yeah, that's really cool. Maybe we should do a. Uh, I mean, honestly, maybe we should do, just do a an, an entire Metallica, you know, like episode coming up to go over some some of the stuff on there. That'd be kind of fun since since it's actually a new album. We don't get a whole lot of new albums by bands that we talk about on here. It might be kind of fun to do. Oh, we absolutely could. And and this being songs that span decades. Yeah, you know this this or an album that songs that spend decades yeah this would be a great one to do it with yeah so yeah so if you've never heard the entire for whom the bell tolls on any version check it out because i was listening to it on my way to work the other day and it it, it was a good way to get you fired up early in the morning on your way to work to get you ready for a day so yeah i loved i loved when we when when he brought up the pearl jam or uh, uh garth brooks and i said well 
let's pick a Metallica song, make Homer happy. And you were just like, nope, for whom the bell stole. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> it kind of fits it. with the theme of the show a little bit. I mean, there's not a major theme, but, but it kind of fit with some of the other songs a little bit. So, yeah. Well, mistakenly, yes, but it, it what, or not mistakenly, like uh, unintentionally, uh, but no, it, and it's a badass song. And just the fact that I got to watch Clipper and play that opening, you know, in, uh, 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 at the, on the Cliff of Mall DVD. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. 42 years old. I didn't realize that. One more note that it says they played this for the first time um, in 1979. So uh, it's a, it's a older, older uh, thing than uh, I would have thought. Says no, Cliff played it for the first time. around with it. Yeah. Yeah, It was Cliff Burton fucking around with it. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy that it's been that long ago. That's like almost as long as we've been alive. Um. Switching to the next song, um, I, this is a this is a, a fantastic song that you picked from Pearl Jam for our Pearl Jam pick of the week. That I'll let you take it away now. This song has just up and down. Like I cannot get over it. And now reading the notes that we've looked into, it's uh, "Immortality" off of Vitalogy. Uh, it, it was the, uh, the 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 third single off of Vitalogy in '94. You know, when you listen to the song at first, you automatically assume it's Eddie's reaction to uh, Kurt Cobain taking his life. And it turns out that's probably not the case. Right. And, and uh, you know, the lyrical interpretation of immortality can be disputed, as many feel it may be about Nirvana from Kurt Cobain's death, although vocalist Eddie Vedder has denied this. He stated... No, this was written when we were on tour in Atlanta. It's not about Kurt. Nothing on the album was written directly about Kurt. And I don't feel like talking about him because it might seem uh, as exploitation. But I think there might be some things in the lyrics that you could read into. And maybe we'll answer some questions to help you understand the pressures on someone who is on a parallel train. Like, and, and when you listen to the song or look at the lyrics... It, it absolutely like like they wanted to be famous they wanted to be you know superstar musicians they just didn't realize what came with that and the stress that they put on on them and their families there's always a price to pay for everything i mean it just it doesn't matter what it is when you when you think you, you've seen the thing i mean talking about last week uh when we did our bonus episode about our favorite songs and reach for the golden ring, reaching for the golden ring is great, but just you, as I, as I believe I even said on that episode, once you get the golden ring, it may not be exactly what you thought it was going to be. And I'm sure that when you get that fame and fortune, it's really cool to have that fame and fortune, but the stress and the way that it changes your life. I mean, going back to, um, watching the last dance, which we've talked about a few times on here and about how Michael Jordan became so isolated in his fame to where he couldn't even go outside because people would mob him and stuff like that. It's no different for people like Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder and, and these guys. And I would even say that somebody like Kurt Cobain, particularly not necessarily equipped for that, for that kind of uh, life because he was such an introvert. And, and just like exactly. And, and like in the PJ 20, uh, documentary where Eddie was talking about he had to build a brick wall in front of his house and then somebody drove a truck into that brick wall because he felt like that's what he had to do it's just like in this week uh, 
speaking of crazy shit that went on this week, Mark David Chapman, the guy who tried, who assassinated John Lennon, you know, got denied parole again. You know, that's the sort of thing is when you put music out like this, that it makes you vulnerable. Like you, it, it helps because somebody like me or you can connect to these people and, and be like, oh, I had similar feelings or thoughts. But at the same time, it could also be like uh, this guy is speaking directly to me and and he's in my head and I have to do something about it. You know, just the guy driving in Eddie's wall, uh, Mark David Chapman trying to kill John Lennon. Mm -hmm. It's it's yeah, it the vulnerability to put out pieces of art like this takes some brass balls. Yeah. It, and it, and if you've never heard the song, because it, it, I mean, it's not a song you're going to hear on the radio anymore. You know, it's not. It's just not one of the. It's not even Flo or Jeremy or something like that that you're you're just going to hear a lot. I, I would highly recommend going to your favorite streaming service or getting your Vitology album out and revisiting this song. Um, you can obviously hear it on in our on our playlist this week. But um, but it, it is a very powerful song that I don't think we can probably do justice really talking about it how powerful it really truly is when you hear it with the music behind it and just the, the overall tone of the song. Oh, and the guitars, Mike McCready's solo stone Gosser just running that down. And, and, and I guess at this point it would have been a, a Jack Irons on drums. Uh, this just amazing, just unbelievable. So song number three for the week is actually the reason I chose this is when we did our bonus episode and we said all time favorite songs, I had a hard time choosing because I have a few that I would deem all time favorite dreams fit that episode a lot because you had picked uh, given to fly by Pearl Jam. So me picking a Van Halen, Sammy Hagar song, Van Hagar, whatever you want to say, made a lot of sense. And it, and it is I, I could easily say that that's my favorite song. But this next song by Garth Brooks, I could also easily say is my favorite song. And it's the river, uh, a song that he co-wrote and recorded um, in late 1992, it became his ninth number one hit. It was on the album Rope in the Wind, which was his third album. And uh, honestly, this song, when you when you listen to it, just kind of sums up life in in such an overall arcing way about how how you live life and you and you basically go down the river, you know, and and move forward and, and all of that stuff and how to how to do the right thing while you're doing it. It's just it's just such a, a good song that he wrote with Victoria Shaw. What I loved about in the notes is is you're looking at it and they were sitting there just trying to make a song, just trying to write something. And uh, they were sitting there just struggling and struggling and struggling. And all of a sudden he puts on a James Taylor CD. Mm -hmm. And uh, and all of a sudden he gets like an inspiration. Uh, and, and Victoria Shaw said, you can listen to music and it takes you somewhere else in your head. It frees up your brain. So we're listening to this, you know, James Taylor. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this song, he goes, turn it off. Oh, I've got something. He literally picked up the guitar and just went, you know, a dream is like a river. That's fun. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. It's awesome. It's a great song. It, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it, the just the line, you know, a dream is like a river ever changing as it flows and a dreamer's just a vessel that must follow where it goes. That's life. I mean, that is that is totally life. And I mean, I guess really when you think of dreams and you think of the song, they're kind of the same thing, just written a little bit differently and a little this one's a little bit uh, 
of a well more country version of dreams in some ways to what up to what be put off till tomorrow has now become today so don't you sit on, upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied choose the chance of rapids and dare to dance the tide and i will sail my vessel till the river runs dry like literally yeah you got yeah. Goosebumps? goosebumps yeah it's a good song yeah, yeah. It's a good song. You know, Garth, Garth amazes me so much because you talk about James Taylor. You know, you can sit and watch him. And, and if you've ever seen, and it was on CBS several years ago now and and on one of his DVD packs or CD packs that he put together. But he had a Las Vegas show, which was a one-man show where he literally went out there in a ball cap and had a guitar and he would play all the songs that influenced him. I think I think you and Richie and I watched this together, didn't we, Dennis? I think so. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I know I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think we watched it over one of our Christmas get togethers and just the, the number of artists that influenced him. If you listen to the Garth channel on Sirius XM, just, he plays all of his favorite artists. They're all over the place. You were talking about Taylor Swift. You'll hear Taylor Swift. You'll hear a pop band. You'll hear top 40. You'll hear, you know, just, just everything under the sun that, that influences him or that he likes. And that's what makes his, his music so much fun is every song sounds a little bit different. He even sing the way his voice sounds in songs are, uh, are totally different at times. And there's just, you can just tell that all that musical influence makes up what, what he does as an artist on all of his different albums. Absolutely. And, 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 okay. So we're sitting here on zoom and I'm watching you like talk about the song mm-hmm. and I love it. The animation, the, you like you're into it. And mm-hmm. and the reason I fell in love with Garth Brooks was because of that was spending all that time with you, uh, listening to these songs and hearing mm-hmm. how you thought about these songs. And, and this song in, in particular is, is great. And, uh, it's not on our Spotify playlist. And that's why we have the Metallica song for Homer, uh, but it's available on Amazon Music, and you can look it up on YouTube and everything. It's it's such a great fucking song. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. The next song, by yeah. the way, on this list also fits into that same sort of vibe. I this this song, and and you're the one who picked it, so I don't want to say too much. But this is a great, oh, great sorry. song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. An absolute great song. I think it's. I think it's my favorite Chili Pepper song. I I would have to concur with that. Squeeze. Yeah, it sold the squeeze uh, uh, off of the Conehead soundtrack originally. I don't think it appeared on a Chili Peppers album until the greatest hits. But it's I just remember when this came out on the radio, just like holy shit, this is so good. Like especially that end part. Uh, it's it, it it's probably written about. Uh, Anthony Kiedis again going with his drug pro- struggles, but it's also probably has to do with people dealing with him and his drug struggles. the The line I like, like the the part that I hangs me up is a uh, where I go. I just don't know. I gotta gotta take it slow. When I find my peace of mind, I'm gonna give you some of my good time, and then it leads into today. Love smiled on me. It took away my pain. Say, please, all that you had to free, you got to let it be. Oh, yeah. Like, just like that can mean so many different fucking things. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm struggling and, and you just give me that little, little bit. I, I, I will let you in. Or it's also, uh, I'm not sure where this is taking me, but please don't give up on me yeah yeah the the it, it, it's an 
outstanding song. The the one thing I can't figure out about it. Number one, number one, it's very melodic. That's that's the it's easy to sing along to, which also makes yeah. it makes it awesome. Um, but the one thing I can't figure out is uh, in the notes it says that it, that it was recorded during production of Blood Sugar Sex Magic in 1991 and never made it on that record, as you said. It, it made it on the Coneheads album. It was on the B side of the Give It Away and Under the Bridge single. Honestly, you put this, you put this, the Blood Sugar Sex Magic is number one, a great album as it is, but you put this song on there and man, it, it shoots it even to another stratosphere that it's not in now without it. I, I'm, I just don't understand how it didn't make it. And if you listen to it, regardless of the lyrics, uh, Flea, like, kills it on bass. Mm -hmm. And John Frusciante, the, the ding, like, like, it's just, it's so good. And mm -hmm. I can't imagine why it did not make <laughs> Under the Bridge. Under the Bridge was such a huge hit off that album. I mean, it was on the radio all the time and stuff. This song's 10 times better than that song, in my opinion. And that's a good I, song. I, I I wouldn't necessarily say ten times better, but it's it, it no. This is a great fucking mm -hmm. song, and you get Chris Farley in the video, and you know it's it's fun. It's a good it's a good time, and it's a great song to drive around to. Get over with the Mountain Dew and a Marlboro Red. <laughs> it's been a few years for me on the Marlboro Reds, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, finally, our, our final song on side A of the soundtrack, we go to the Counting Crows, who uh, obviously a favorite of ours. We've talked about them quite a bit. This song came out in September of 1996 off of their second album, Recovering the Satellites, and that is Angels of the Silences. And uh, this song, um, honestly, I, I hadn't heard it in a long time when I uh, when I chose it. This song's still really, really good song in terms of it just kind of, it kind of, much like For Whom the Bell Tolls and a much different reason, it just kind of, the way the guitar kicks in at the very beginning of it and the way Adam Durwitz sings it with such, not only angst, because there is a lot of angst there, but with just such... Um, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Such uh, like he's got to get it, like like he, not not even emotion. It's uh, um, just he he sings it so fast, you know, where he's like got to get it in really fast. I mean, it's it's just a it's like a speed read almost, where it just kind of the song oh, starts. I get that. I get that. Like I have wow. to get this. Yeah, I have to get this out of me. Like yeah. you have to hear this. Yes. So I well i guess you left me with some feathers in my hand like, hold on hold on let me finish that sort of thing <laughs> yeah absolutely exactly uh, it's funny this was the song a few weeks ago where where we were like uh oh heavier like where we were listening it to it together you know before you had to put your kids to sleep yeah and uh, that, that was why happy when you uh, uh when you threw it down here but this song god i listened to this song like three or four times today mm -hmm. and every single goddamn time like w what's the great thing about the show is the reflectiveness and makes makes me feel like like thinking back onto all these things it's not just a song it's what does a song make me feel like which is what we hope it does for a lot of you you know the the dozens of listeners that we have uh <laughs> and it, it's <laughs> but but it's 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 just one of those great fucking songs and it was it was a great way to kick off the next part of the Counting Crows. Mm -hmm. uh, I write quite a few songs where the sort of issue is faith. Uh, you know, God. Like I, I said, like a woman, faith is a weird thing in a sense that it's all about waiting. 
and and that's the big thing about this song it's 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 like come on please bring me more mm -hmm. <laughs> like i've been doing this for you but bring me more please yeah well and the other thing the other thing too about about this song that it's the it's the thing where you can't shut your head off you know and you're and you're literally lying in your bed and every night these silhouettes appear above my head little angels of the silences that climb into my bed and whisper every time i fall asleep every time i dream did you come would you lie why'd you leave us till we're only good for and then that's that's what i'm talking about when he gets to only good for and you think there's going to be a pause and then he immediately goes into the next verse and you think there's going to be a pause and he immediately needs to goes into the next verse but it's that it's that when you wake up in the middle of the night and your brain turns on this is kind of what that feels like just that ah you know i don't even know how to describe it i want oh. i want to find the word and i keep thinking i'm going to find it and it's just not there what you just said nailed it nailed this fucking song is i dream of michelangelo when i'm lying in my bed like michelangelo is doing all of this fucking abstract shit mm -hmm. and you're thinking of everything like like there's no way you can discover what this is all about Right. And all of a sudden you're sitting there laying in bed. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, like all of a sudden you're sitting there waiting in bed, trying to make sense of everything that's ever happened. And you can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good way to sum it up. All my innocence is wasted on the dead in dream. That concludes side A of this week's episode so we'll be back in just a minute with side b we've got four more songs to go through right now a quick break welcome back to this edition of sean and d's good tape here on episode 12 as we've been through five of the songs from this week and we've got four more to go the next one all left over from our classic country episode this is actually a request from my dad um that that uh did not make it last week and this is the song crazy by patsy klein and this this song d has a really really interesting um history behind it just the way that it came about to be patsy klein's song i love it that your dad requested it. that's awesome yeah no it uh uh according to willie nelson in an interview with uh sirius xm he, he was at tootsie's orchard lounge and put his own song on the jukebox uh patsy klein's husband heard it and wanted to get it to patsy they were both drunk and willie was reluctant to go and he even stayed in the car while her husband played it for her in the end she recorded it a few weeks later like of course, it's Willie Nelson, but the, to give it to Patsy Klein and mm -hmm. make it as iconic as it is. Yeah, because nobody really thinks of this as Willie Nelson's song. There's no doubt about that. Oh, of course that. not. It, <laughs> it, but it's awesome to know mm -hmm. that it's Willie Nelson. Yeah. Just like we talked about uh, last week, you know, like a lot of these songs aren't written by the artists that perform them. But the fact that this is Willie Nelson, like the godfather of country music, <laughs> him and Johnny Cash. I thought the funniest part of this was that he, <laughs> that the Willie originally wanted to call the song stupid. <laughs> I just I'm think that's stupid. absolutely, yeah. Stupid for feelings. <laughs> that's so great. I think they chose the right, the right word for it, but it would have been funny the other way though. You know, in retrospect, I guess you wouldn't have known that the, that the version that's out there now is, is so, so good. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's just some funny stuff to think of it being stupid instead of crazy. Uh, Barbara Mandrell remembers Klein introducing the song to her audience live in a concert saying at my, all my recent hits have come true in my life. I had a hit out called 
tra la la triangle and people thought about me and Gerald and Charlie. And I had another hit out called I Fall to Pieces and I was in a car wreck. Now I'm worried because I have a new hit single out and it's called Crazy. So she was just worried that that she was Something putting herself out happen. there way too much. Yeah. And she probably didn't write any of those fucking songs. Yeah. And then I I do like the last line of the notes that Willie said that uh, her version of Crazy was his favorite song of his that anybody has recorded because it has a lot of magic. So, yeah, yeah that's that's neat. Just like, just like Trenton Reisner and Johnny Cash with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Willie probably also made a pretty, Willie also made a pretty penny off of that song too. I'm sure by this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause it's so iconic. A lot of weed to that song. Yes. Yep. So the next song, uh, D you picked and I was, I was kind of surprised to see it on the uh, list. I'd kind of forgotten about it. It's been so long since I'd heard it. Uh, It's Dow parts by hole. And, and I want, you know, we're actively trying to get more female voices. Uh, singers and bands on this song and uh, this one I picked only because it was written you know it was, it was on the album Live Through This I think it, it says it was their sixth thing, single off of that and it was uh, Courtney Love who is a you know derisive person in her own right but it, it was written I've never heard that about security. her before hmm. <laughs> interesting yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But 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 if you listen to it and 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 see it from the fact that it's her insecurities about falling in love with this famous person or this famous person falling in love with her and trying to come to grips with it, like like she's talking about all of the things that about herself that she doesn't care for. Like mm-hmm. why does this guy give a shit about me? You know. And, and it, it, it's really kind of powerful when you look at it that way. Uh, you know, regardless of your opinion of, of the woman and their relationship and to the band and everything, but uh, I want to be the girl with the most cake. You know, that's obviously, I want to be, you know, the, the popular, the cheerleader type. I love him so much, it just turns to hate. Like, I just can't deal with what what i'm going through it i fake it's a real i'm beyond fake and someday you will ache like i ache it's it's yeah if if you've ever ever been insecure about a relationship which is everybody on the face of the earth at all times for the most part yeah yes yeah you can relate to this song regardless of emotions or feelings about you know what what happened with them but it's such a great song yeah yeah it is a good song i i'd totally forgotten about it like i said and it was uh it was interesting to listen to it again you know after 25 years or however long it's been but yeah oh it, yeah 25 uh, years. And, and i didn't know the meaning of it which makes it even that much better to uh to understand it and kind of uh, grasp the emotion of the song so yeah good listen no doubt about it yep exactly and and, and that's why i brought it up it, it like uh Again, we need more women represented on this show. So, uh, the next song, also Sean, is my my selection. It's "Cumbersome" by Seven Mary Three. So, the band are not a band of women, but it does have a woman's name in the title of the band. Oh, nice! Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's 
I love this fucking song, Sean. It is a good song. Another one I hadn't heard in a long time. Yeah. And and, and they're such an underrated out, uh, band. Like uh, uh, like this was their big hit that that pushed them over the top, and everybody knows of them, you know, because of this song. But uh, but it's goddamn good. It's so good. It yeah. It's, it, a song about a troubled relationship between the singer and his significant other. He's in a desperate emotional state and probably not thinking clearly. This part I loved was that some of the symbolism in the song is pointing to this. Two words, two worlds, one with an arrow and a cross. And I didn't even uh, make that analogy ever until reading these notes. You know, like the the symbol, the man, the uh, woman symbol is you know, the cross and the arrow, like, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good, you know, way to write that. It seems like they sort of re- resent this song to a certain degree, though. Listen, you know, with some of this information you found about it. Well, sure. Absolutely. It's it's not unlike Smells Like Teen Spirit mm-hmm. uh, or, or songs like that. Like, this was their, they don't want to be considered one-hit wonders, which to me, they weren't. Oh, no, and, I don't and, think so. And, and to everybody who listen, you know, keeps listening to us afterwards, are going to realize that I have several other Seven Mary Three songs that that we need to talk about. Uh, yeah, they're not one hit wonders, but it's 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 that whole smells like Teen Spirit. It's that whole, uh, 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 you know, just that the one song that everybody wants to hear. Or oh, okay, Freebird, play peaches Cracker. again, huh? <laughs> play peaches again. Yeah, play peaches again. Euro trash girl, uh, Freebird, all of those things. Like I hear this song, I don't need to hear anything more. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. So you could almost say that that first album became a bit cumbersome. Uh, The next song, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, is it, is it the last song already? Wow, this episode's yeah. flown by. Um, the last song is my Sammy Hagar pick of the week because we had not done Sammy and Pearl Jam for a while besides our bonus episode last week. And this song is Eagles Fly, which was originally recorded for the 1987 album I Never Said Goodbye, but that's not where I'm going with this. So in 2003, Sammy released an album with his, with his band The Wabaritas, um, and it was a compilation of live songs that were played. Many of them, the non Van Halen songs were all from a concert in St. Louis in 2001 that you and I went to. It was me and you and Amanda and your girlfriend at the time and Richie and his cousin, Angie, um, all went to the, all went to the concert together and the concert ended with a big lightning show because it started pouring down rain. But before that there was this giant lightning show. I've actually got a picture somewhere of that was taken from behind Sammy on the stage and he's kind of got his arms out and you can see the lightning strikes. It was, it was incredible. And the concert actually got cut a little short because it started pouring down rain. Um, But before the concert was over, he played Eagles fly acoustically during this show. And there's a version of it on that live hallelujah album. Uh, to me, it's it's one of the more powerful live versions of a song that that I've that I've heard, and there's a reason for that. It's not necessarily. I mean, it, he did a good job with the song, but it but it became more for the fact. And I'm going to get a little deep here, D, that you're not you weren't probably expecting me to talk about with this song. But but in 2003, the same year that this album came out, 
um, we lost one of our good buddies, Tom. Um, it, and he, uh, he, we were 25 years old and had not really necessarily experienced something like losing one of your friends, somebody that you, uh, you know, see quite a bit, you hang out with quite a bit, you have, have drinks with, you have fun with and all of that stuff. And, and he passed away unexpectedly. And, uh, you know, so there's the funeral and all the stuff that you have to go through. And when I was, um, on the way from, and Amanda and I were in the car together, we were um, driving from the funeral home to the cemetery. And I played this song. It just happened to be on. And I played this song, and the, 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 the lyrics just really struck me. This song's actually about being born, not about dying. But I always think of Tom when I hear this song because of the fact that it starts off with Sunday morning, 9 a.m., and that's when the accident happened. It wasn't 9 a.m. It was about 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. But, but you get my point behind, behind it. And this song just, you know, you, you go through something like that, where you lose somebody that you're close to and you, and you're so strong during the funeral and, and all of that stuff. And then I, and then the song came on and I just lost it in the car and I'm driving, you know, which doesn't, which doesn't hurt. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, that's not a great thing to, uh, to do that when you're driving and you're like, you know, like ugly crying in the car, you know, because, because of all of this, but this song will forever um, as I get to the point is I'm kind of rambling a little bit and I realize that this song will forever make me think of Tom because of, uh, and it's that version, the version that I was talking about from that hallelujah album. And it just, it's just such a powerful song to me because, um, you know, the, the line where it, where it says, take me away, come on, fly me away, lift me up so high where Eagles fly. And that just, that just always makes me think of that and, and will, will forever make me think of Tom that way. Given the fly is is you know i said a friend of ours and it was tom yeah uh, you know, you knew that i did, I did. Uh, yeah no that was that was rough and and that changed a lot of the way i think about things and feel about, about things and 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 i think you know that and i know other people who know me know that 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 loss fucked us up uh but it's a beautiful song, and and, and 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 I remember, you know, we watched the game beforehand and went to that show with the lightning strikes. Like, it, you know, whether the show was an hour, an hour and a half, it was amazing. And then it's incredible that they link that to all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. No. Yeah. And I didn't want to tell you the story ahead of time because then it wouldn't have the same impact as a story. Oh no. But no, but you're no, but you're but no, you're absolutely right. you're absolutely right. Uh that it happened to come on in the car and I had the CD. So, I mean, it's not like I wasn't listening to it before then, but to sure, have that song. Random. Yeah. Have that song. When it come happens on, random. Yeah. Have that song come on and, and you're, you're just in, it's a song that we actually heard live and all of that stuff. It just, and it, and it does, it does kind of link together and, and I just can't, I can't unthink of that. So last night, Amanda and I were, she likes to kind of know what songs we're going to go over. So I was playing some of the playlists and I played this and she started talking about some of the other songs that were played during his uh, funeral and stuff. And, and uh, so we listened to simple man and we listened to um, uh, roll me away and, and, and stuff like that last night. And it just, it was kind of nice to just take a few minutes and just remember somebody who has been gone for a long time. Now he's been gone longer than we had him in our lives. And it's just, it's just hard to believe when, uh, that the years go by as fast as they do. I don't really have anything else to say about this song than that. I think that uh, that kind of wraps it all up. And not to end on a 
end on a note like that, but, uh, but it's, uh, a good song. And I hope, um, you know, if, like I said, if you knew Tom, just take a minute to think about a good story with him or something like that, send it to us. We'd like to hear it. So, uh, yeah, send it in to, uh, Sean and is it Sean and D's good tape at gmail.com. Is that what we're trying to push with the, with the email? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or Instagram and the Facebook and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say that you're going to, uh, potentially start, uh, emailing links out on the email? I would be happy to, if, 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 if you're on Apple or Amazon, as opposed to Spotify, just let us know. And I would be happy to send you the, uh, uh, the playlist prior to each episode. So that's, um, that's it for this week. Next week, we're still going to do a regular episode coming up in a couple of weeks. We've got our all uh, female artist episode. And then episode 15 will be a look back at Nirvana's unplugged, which we talked a lot about Nirvana today. And I'm really looking forward to that because that's one of the greatest albums that I think anybody could ever have in their collection. But until then, we will see you next Friday here on Sean and D's good tape.